0: I show up to the first rehearsal and they're like so what do you play now like nothing i sing and they're like nope <laughs> so i talking about I hit the books i grabbed the guitar and i i wanted to play as soon as possible so i was like literally i was even sleeping with the guitar
1: hello and welcome to episode number four of the everything but music podcast today i had a chance to sit down with my good friend gustavo hernandez he's a mariachi uh classically trained operatic singer And some are from the Bay Area, my hometown. So we get to talk a little bit about music, about making. Be sure to like, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment, get at us on Instagram and on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. All right, let's get to it. Gustavo Hernandez, who I know as, let's see if I get this right, operatically trained singer. singer Singer-songwriter. Bit of a guitarist mob movie sommelier <laughs> aficionado
0: sommelier <laughs> <a good>
1: <laughs> bay area native so tell me a little bit about coming up in berkeley then because you're a tremendous musician and <laughs> i think your story is is super interesting man you know so you you went from as i understand it you studied classical music but you brought you yeah, man you were brought up and you listened to tons of rap and stuff and now you're doing mariachi professionally. So how did all that go, man? How did you come up and how did you end up uh, here now?
0: Crazy random, I guess, man. Like, uh, I guess, let me see how briefly I could put it. I I mean, I always liked music, but I just couldn't seem to find a way to get into it, like to get lessons. Um, I remember I was in a grade school and then that school ended at third grade for some reason. And then I had to transfer to another school. When I did, all my friends played stuff. They played trumpet you know, well, actually most of them my, my, my buddies played trumpet I thought it was cool but they were already in band I couldn't just get in band class somehow uh you have to like know a little bit so I was just kind of stuck I always want to learn the guitar and I just could never find nobody to I was always more into sports though that's the truth I was more into sports and video games and um so I got on the track team and all that stuff and I was in martial arts I mean I was I'm still I'm a crazy Bruce Lee fan you know and um and then I started teaching myself to sing um when I was in junior high but secretly <laughs> with a cassette tape a uh, Pedro Infante cassette tape like cause I just found it um uh my one of my uncles gave me a bootleg and like he tried to give me like I was especially back then I was not into regional Mexican music so like he gave me he tried to give me like Ramona Ayala or something like that and I was just like What's up with these fat dudes with accordions, man? I'm not really feeling it. Like I pretty much only listened to- <laughs> back then. What did I listen to, man? Two Live Crew, NWA, Beastie Boys, and so I was like, all right, Pedro Infante's cool. I remember, I remember he had cool movies. I used to watch them when I was a little kid. He seemed cool, and then I was I started listening to when I was cleaning my room, and I was like, damn, these, these songs are pretty. This dude can sing. This is dope. I don't, I don't know why I didn't haven't been listening to this all my life. The next thing I know, I started trying to teach myself. And fast forward a lot later, I'd heard of classical music, but I'd never really, i never actively listened to it. I didn't know what Mozart, who Mozart was or anything like that. And so I finally got an audition. I got in and I sang Nat King Cole and Pedro Infante and Javier Solis for them. Like I didn't know anything. Mm. And... Um, and then I took lessons there and it went really good. Like I got, I got in, I won some competitions. I sang with an orchestra, like all that happened within a year. But also because I really, I really, it you know, hit the books. Like once I got there and I actually started liking what I was doing, I locked myself up in a practice room and I couldn't read music, but I kind of, you know, I learned too badly that year. And uh, yeah, just, I just really hit the books. I was really feeling what I was doing. And whenever, you know, my teacher was going to get paid no matter what. So like whenever I, I sometimes I sneak in, we had a really good relationship. Um, so I pass by his studio. I see he's chilling by himself and I'll be like, oh, so-and-so didn't come to his lesson. And he'd be like, no. I'm like, can I take his lesson? Be like, yeah. And so things work really fast for me. And, and then I graduated high school. I wanted to get into, my, my thoughts were that I wanted to go to UC Berkeley to do something with, I really like physics. And then, yeah, man, I started winning some competitions and I got cast in some movie to sing opera. And I was like, man, let me audition at the uh, conservatory just in case. And I didn't think I was going to get in because a lot of things. I mean, I could make the story way too long. But the point is somehow I got in. And then, yeah, man, I was just like, all right, this is this is what I got to do. But in the ba- in, in the meanwhile, I never let go of wanting to be, you know, wanted to basically be Pedro Infante. So I happened to sing at uh, my childhood church. There was a, a, a college mariachi that played one year out of UC Berkeley They had kind of just started. And they were like, yo, yeah, come on, come join the group. And I show up to the first rehearsal and they're like, so what do you play? And I'm like, nothing, I sing. And they're like, nope. <laughs> so i talking about I hit the books. I grabbed the guitar and I, I wanted to play as soon as possible. So I was like, literally, I was even sleeping with the guitar.
1: What movie were you cast then? To, to sing opera
0: uh, something that never really made it to the light of day as far as i know um but um the dude who wrote the original script to pretty woman and he wrote a lot of actually really funny he got famous for writing pretty woman or that was his big one of his big things but after that he wrote a lot of other like action adventure stuff like he wrote under siege that uh um, movie what's his name uh seagal what's his name with the aikido uh
1: steven there you go
0: steven seagal he made, he wrote, he wrote like under siege and he wrote, uh, Pamela Anderson had a show where she was some sort of spy VIP or something like that. Mm-hmm. He wrote for that. He wrote for a lot of like action adventure type stuff. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's where he made his money. But like his, his like big, big, one of his big scripts was pretty woman.
1: So, so I never saw the light of day. It was never released, but it was filmed.
0: I think, I think it went to a bunch of, how do you call them? Like film festivals. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz I think what was supposed to happen when when you go that route is eventually you hope that a big distribution company will go oh we'll just dis- we'll distribute your film, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so probably never got distribution. Who was your vocal teacher's name or or who is he? Uh his name is David Tigner. He passed away in 2012.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no. He was, he was a cool guy actually. We were yeah, we were so we were really close. Nice. But, uh,
1: yeah. And what was Great his guy what was his career like? Did did he have a, he worked a bunch or he was mostly an instructor?
0: Yeah, he, 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 well, he worked a bunch, especially in the the Bay area. Um, he, he was a bass baritone soloist. Um, well, actually he was always listed a bass baritone, but I think he had a higher voice than that. Like he, he, uh, he was a baritone for sure, but he had, he had some low, good low notes. And so one of his big things was like the Elijah Mendelssohn's Elijah, um, uh, a couple his his signature works are kind of getting out are, are not in my head at the moment but mm-hmm. yeah he was he was a he was a big big voice singer but he had a lot of health problems and i mean that that's what did him in eventually but Man, he's a great point guy point. and a great teacher uh, just very caring person
1: and for people who might not be uh well versed in music right so explain to us how like baritone tenor alto how does that all that how does that all that work you know in terms of what you actually hear right so like super deep voices are baritones
0: well, bass is a bass would be a super deep voice or there's different, you know, you'll call them different things within, within each category. There's a, there other little subcategories. So there's bass, baritone. This is in terms of how high they can sing, right? Bass, baritone, tenor. There's counter tenor, which is usually a male voice who sings in his falsetto. Then uh, there's alto or mezzo. I'm running out of space here. And then soprano. Then, like I said, each each voice has their own subdivision, sub, subcategories.
1: And what are you? What do, what do you categorize? I'm a tenor. Say again? I'm a tenor. A tenor. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. So you do this movie and you kill it and then they fly you back to, to the bay. So what happens then?
0: So basically, I, I was taking... That voice teacher was really open-minded and he introduced me to um, Seth Riggs, who is like a really well-known voice teacher here in LA he came to do a demonstration in San Francisco and my teacher's like oh you should check this guy out he has a lot of interesting things to say especially on the stuff that you need work on I was like okay so we go and the thing is the whole time I thought that my teacher was gonna try to make me sing so finally they take a break and they're sitting together chatting And my, my teacher's got some mints, and he, and he, the the dude comes over and he goes, hey, man, I thought I saw, I thought I saw you have some Altoids. gonna get some? And, you know, typical brash-ass me, I said, uh, tell him you can have the whole box if I can sing. And he goes, oh, you want to sing? And I said, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm here for, I think, right? And he goes, and he's like, they're all laughing. He's like, yeah, okay, you can sing next.
1: But hold, like, up, hold, hold up, you didn't want to sing, but you...
0: I didn't really want to sing, but like <laughs> I was sitting there for an hour and change or more, like sweating my, you know, yeah, yeah. scared because I'm like, are they going to choose me to sing? I was like, yo, at least if I say this, he'll be like, sorry, dude, we're not letting nobody else sing. And I'd be like, cool. Or, oh, you want to sing? We'll put you on. And that's exactly that. We'll put you on. You can go next. And I was like, all right, well, at least, at least now I know I'm going to sing. And so, so he laughs and my teacher turned on, what do you want to sing? And I was like, oh, let's do such and such. And he's like, okay. And he, he cut and he plays. So I was like, that made me even feel even better. Cause he really has my back when he played, when he would play, he's a really good pianist. <laughs> so we go up there and, you know, Seth is all like, okay, so what's up? And it turned out really good for him and because it was supposed to be a demonstration of his technique. And you know you're supposed to have ringers in there, but I, I felt like I remember feeling like um, he had a ringer, and that was that worked. But then he tried it on random people in the crowd, but it wasn't. He wasn't able to demonstrate what he wanted right away on the singer.
1: What do you what I do you know. what do you mean ringers? How was that? How is
0: that oh, so like, okay. Well, I mean, if I were him, I would you know because his whole his whole my bad I, I didn't do a good job setting this up. I guess so. The whole thing was that. He came to talk about his technique and sell his book and talk about how his technique works. And so what you want, and if you're going to do an actual demonstration of this, is you want someone who's going to be able to employ your techniques in front of everybody on the spot. So if I was him, I would have planted someone that I would have been like, hey, man, you're my student. You know how I work. I'm going to call on you. We're going to sing a song and then I'm going to criticize your singing. I'm going to give you some tips. You're going to do this in front of everybody. You're going to show everybody how my technique works and how I'm such a badass teacher because you're a good student and I know this, right? So that did, that happened. But then he also, you know, but like, you know, they they had all this time and so he had to do other people. So he like, he picked other people from the crowd or whatever and tried to do the same. And sometimes, it was sometimes a little hit or miss, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think he liked me because, well, he that's the end of the story, right? He ends up liking me. I sing and I'm, you know, I'm a little show off and I even try to, I sang a really high note and he was like, okay, how old are you? And so he starts working with me and all that. And so he's like, move to LA. And I just couldn't see it. I was 19. I was like, the hell am I going to do in LA?
1: Hmm.
0: I was tripping, obviously. But so, then, how, uh,
1: so then you come down here to LA.
0: And- so I started taking lessons with him in LA and you know I took a bunch of them it felt like to me I was impatient I guess and he finally you know he 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 liked to talk about people he had been working with famous and who he made famous and stuff like that (laughs) and so he says something to me like that one day and he goes because you're great you know you should be doing this and I said well why don't you pick up a phone and he's just like oh yeah and he picked up the phone and he called somebody and so I started meeting with that label and Everything was looking good till it didn't. What happened was uh, the a and dude was like, um, okay, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna you up with this, 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 and that. Um, when you go back to the bay, record a three song demo. And so we have, so I have something to show my boss. That's all I said. So I'm thinking a three song demo, I've got no money. I knew where I want to record it at. In fact, I went to the place that I, the original place that I recorded stuff for that movie. I thought they were so dope. And there was such a, was such a dope setup. Uh, laughing tiger. If y'all are still in San Ramon, I believe. Um, it was a really dope, dope place. And the main cat there was, um, his name escapes me at the moment, but he was a really cool guy. So I was like, I want to go back there. Um, and it was, you know, not cheap to record there. And, um, at the time, anyway, and um, I got two of my buddies. I'm like, "Yo, so I to record this demo. Can y'all do me a favor? Like, can you play bass? Can you play lead guitar? And I'll play, you know, rhythm guitar, and then I'll just sing on top afterwards. And so I just wrote, I wrote a couple songs. One of them, I think, I finished them, finished right there in the studio, and um, we recorded them real, like, wham-bam. And that was really the first time I, other than the movie thing, that I've done anything in the studio. That's anything I had. First time I probably did stuff on my own in the studio. I had no idea it was supposed to go, and I just picked that genre, that kind of trio style, like trio Mexican style, um, because those are the friends that I had closest, and I could like rattle off some songs with. So I did that, sent them the song. They liked for sure one. And that's why he was setting me up with his publishing guys at the time. And then, like I said, in the end, he told me, oh, we didn't really know how to market you like trio style and such old music. And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, I just, I was trying to give you bare bones. Like I have no money. If you said go in there and try to do some Luis Miguel style or try to do something, I don't know, whatever else style, I would have done that. But I didn't think of genre at all. I thought, I thought about rattling off three songs cheap, quick in the studio.
1: To show off your, uh, that's what it was to show off. Yeah, your- yeah, yeah. That's what your thinking was.
0: I mean, yeah, I, didn't, I don't even if I now that I, you asked me that way, I don't think I even thought about that way. Because if I did want to show off my singing, I probably should have did some songs that where I like held a nice long note out or so. I didn't, I didn't even do any of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, w- I wasn't a very good architect of the song in that in that respect because you're right. I should have wrote something to really show off what I can do that other people, especially you know, that I thought maybe at that time couldn't do. I was really, one of the big things Seth liked was that I could sing high and soft. That's not easy to do. Not at all. I I should have wrote a song like that, but I didn't.
1: Like Nat King Cole comes to mind. There's this, uh, this wonderful singer, uh, out of San Diego. He came, well, he got his, he studied with the guy who I studied with Kamal Kenyatta. His name is Gregory Porter. He's an amazing and amazing jazz vocalist. He does the same. Luther Vandross had an amazing voice at a very low, low volume, super silky, very like warm and woody. You know, that's, that's hard. That's hard to do. No joke.
0: Yeah. It takes, I mean, I mean, it takes, uh, I mean, I, I give the, I give that credit cause my, even my first teacher would, um, yeah, I thought I, thought I knew what you were talking about. I, I hate it when I hear a name and I feel like I think I know who it is and I make a mistake. Like last time I made a lot of mistakes with the, with the Brazilian, uh, uh, authors, but wow. Gregory Porter, I do know his name. I actually bought, I haven't bought his newest album though. You see, he just came out with a new album. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't bought that one, but I, I bought, I bought one before that. Well, the one where he, um, uh, that's a tribute to that King Cole.
1: Oh man. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, he's
1: yeah. a tremendous singer, but yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. It's Audrey at the time when you had to do this demo.
0: No, Like, yeah, like 19, 19, maybe 20.
1: And they didn't set you up with no, no guidance or anything. They were just like, okay, do some demos.
0: Dude, if we think labels are bad now, oh no, I mean, if you think b- labels are bad then,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to think. If I was 19 and someone threw some money at me and was like, "Okay, come at me with some demos," didn't
0: throw no money at me. I wish they had thrown money at me.
1: Oh, they didn't even throw money at you. They just so- no. I, I did it myself. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What were you gonna come back with? this I don't. I mean, it's cool that you got the end. You know, and that they wanted something. And it's cool that they liked one of them. But it's it's so difficult, man, because. Looking at it now, you know, and the knowledge that I have now, I feel like they're very, very labels are receptive to what they can sell, obviously, right? Like that's what, that's what the game is.
0: They're a business.
1: Yeah. They're a business, man, which is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it makes it even harder for, you know, people who are running or on the fence of certain different genres or certain different types of music. The look isn't right. I can imagine how I can make it so so difficult to actually get something off the ground, you know, especially nowadays. I feel like nowadays there's a lot of group, um, root stuff going on too that it, it might complicate things even more.
0: You know what I mean? Like what? What do you mean?
1: Well, for example, like I feel like a lot of uh, one person that comes to mind, if I, if I have this correct, Chicano Batman, there's another, it's a young Chicano artist out of LA that's getting a lot of love right now. I'm forgetting his name. But basically they started with with, uh, actually, the same way that Willie Colon started in the 1970s with Salsa so and Hector Lavoe, They started with a ton of kind of grassroots support. You know what I mean? Like, they created a community around the music, and this community supported them, and when whatever, when their moment came to break, they already had this audience set. So when they broke, they broke. It wasn't like they had to go to a label, and then the label had to front in a bunch of money to get them promoted and to create some kind of image or all this kind of stuff to be attractive to some kind of group or some kind of niche Mm -hmm. which i think is more i remember you know maybe like when i was first coming up in music i feel like that was what happened maybe 70s or something like that you know what i mean like they would see an act with potential and they would say okay we're we're willing to invest in this act we're willing to invest in this band or this person because we know that we can make it into something else whereas nowadays and from what you're saying of course it seems like that ha- that has to be a little bit more sorted out before they're willing to even look at that kind of person. Or uh, about these two Chicano artists from out of L.A. that I'm mentioning, they created the, and Willie Colon in New York in the 1970s, they made their audiences themselves, which is a completely different tactic. You know, it's a different strategy. Getting-
0: right. well, I mean, that's, I guess that's what it is now. That's the name of the game now. Like if they look at your social media and, you know, they want to see how many followers you got. They don't want to build your audience for you.
1: Right, right. Which is crazy because it's another thing that gets put on the musician musicians nowadays. I remember before, before social media, they were still trying to make sure that the musicians were doing most of the promotion. Now, I would think that it's even more a responsibility to the musician to create that community. It is, you know, I guess to play the other side, it is also easier now. Social media has made it so much easier to build that kind of following and connect with these people and have them connect with you back. So it's... I think it's changed. The game has changed completely, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of, it's, 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 uh, it's like everything, right? Everything has its, its positives and not so positive. Right. So there there, you get all this, you're able to distribute yourself now, basically, you know, there's all this great stuff you can do on your own now, but on the other hand, everybody's doing it. So Mm -hmm. how are you going to make yourself different from the next guy that's doing whatever you're doing, you know? Right.
1: Right. Funny enough, I think that's how Bad Bunny got to start. But isn't the story that he was like bagging groceries somewhere, but but releasing music via SoundCloud or something like yeah. that. You know, he popped and he hit, and now he's like, he's up there with J. Bob and all the rest. You know, he's, I like his music a lot, actually. So you do this at 19, and then what happens, happens. and then But now you're in L.A. You have moved from the Bay to L.A., or what was the situation then?
0: Um, well, I guess briefly, I, I came to school here in L.A. for a minute, and part of that was to see if I could... You know, go back and try to get signed again while I was out here. Um, but then I graduated in uh, 08, and uh, I couldn't get a job in music to save my life at that point. You know, it was an almost, well, very few people were hiring. Uh, and uh, so I went back to the Bay Area and just randomly, because I, I, I got hired on some random things. I had gotten an opera, and then I just got a bunch of music jobs there. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna stick around here for a while. And then, um, then same same thing sort of happened. Then back in L.A. a couple of years later, I got a job at L.A. Opera. I got to sing in an opera here, and I was like, all right, not, not as a star or anything. I was just like in the, in the chorus. Um, but I was like, all right, cool. I'll, you know, I'll come out here for two and a half months, whatever the job was for, and I'll go back. But then when I was out here, I started getting random random gigs without you know like I wasn't looking for them you know like I was trying to stay here and I was like well shoot I guess I should take this as a sign and um yeah man I, I started getting some really cool jobs out here so I stuck around and awesome. this was all classical music yeah
1: classical. okay
0: but then um amongst those jobs I got to sing with an orch, well a couple of, a couple of orchestras and I got to sing Mexican music um And so, uh, a buddy of mine or someone who became a buddy of mine, you know, he, he had watched the concerts and, and, uh, we had known each other very, like barely at all. Like we had met at a couple of other venues when he was playing, um, with Camperos and, um, and so he's got his own group now. And, and then, uh, they got to back me up a couple of times when I was doing like a couple of solo shows and, you Know some some of his guys knew me and they were like, Yo, you, you play guitar right now. I was like, I'm like, All right, he's like, He's like, Well, you know, you want to you play with us? and I was like, I was like, That's an honor, but I was like, Are you sure? Are you, I like, you sure you want me? like, Yeah, I can sing, but are you sure you want me? because I'm you know, I can play guitar, but I can't play guitar like your guys should, you know, because his group is, is a dope group. And he was like, Man, we'll teach you. So, so I got to do that. So, actually, I've been doing that lately, and that. I lucked out because we're Rona. There's no fucking opera anywhere in the world. I mean, at least there's still mariachi, but yeah, if I was only doing opera right now, I'd be pretty screwed.
1: They're all shut down, huh? Nation, like nationwide internationally. Have they, have, have they opened in Europe at all? Do you know?
0: They did for a minute, but like then, then they started shutting down again. Like some places trying. like I remember the, one of the first places that opened up was Madrid, I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, the Teatro Real, put on a, an opera where see well the thing about opera is it's supposed to be theater you know there's there's acting there's kissing there's you can't do that stuff with Rona so uh, oh, wait, no. they, they they had to kind of do it they call it concert style when, when there's no acting so they basically I don't know if they dressed up they probably did dress up in costume I don't know and then spaced out across the stage and they kind of made this each I think they made each scene look like something so if the first scene was at a ball, kind of made it look like a ball but they had everybody spread the f out you know and not interacting with each other so i don't know i mean i'm sure people were happy to finally get opera back but it wasn't opera the way we know it to be right there was no interaction there was no acting there was no whatever so but then like i said um i think it's hard to gauge time for me right now (laughs) with the way the world is but I think it was a month ago, maybe, or a month and a half ago, there was an opera in Russia. I think it was in Russia. And a lot of people got sick. A lot of the actors got, a lot of the singers got sick. Oh, no. And so well, then they started shutting everything down again. And, and now with the new waves, France and Germany locked everything down. Yeah.
1: It's supposed to hit us again right now. Uh, we're speaking, uh, what is this, November 7th? I don't even know the day either, you know. It's a Sunday. Yeah. November it's the 8th. November eighth. Yeah. November eighth. We're they're saying we're supposed to get hit with another wave, even even
0: uh, with another wave, our numbers keep going up and down right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, what do you think, man, as a singer, what do you think all this is gonna open up again and we're gonna see live music the way we think and where we want it and we need it?
0: I was holding on a hope for the last few months that things would get better by the end of March, maybe March of 2021. But if things get worse in the winter, like they might, then who knows? I don't know, man. Well, and I should say, I was thinking that we were going to kind of start coming out of our caves in March. And I was hoping maybe by the summer things would start rolling again. I mean, it's hard to tell, man. It's it's really hard to tell. Like who knows what's going to happen. I think you, you asked this on the the podcast with Richie about um, when that, that first, vaccine comes out am i gonna take it (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah but yeah well, hopefully hopefully some some vaccines start i mean good ones that aren't gonna kill us and aren't gonna whatever come out and so i'm I'm not you know i'm worried you know what man it's somehow i I got this kind of hakuna matata shit going on because i haven't been that worried about myself but you know like my mom had a surgery this year like a major one and so I'm worried about her. Like I want, I want the world to be not such a dangerous place for her right now. You know what I mean?
1: So a lot of people. That, I mean, I'm thinking about my grandparents. They're both diabetic, you know, and they have a lot of underlying conditions. That yeah. man. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, we get out of this by June. By June. I mean, I'm hoping by summer. Um, my entire field work got put on hold because of all this Corona stuff. You know what I mean? Like the the week before I was supposed to go to La Habana, Trump close everything and everybody started closing up too and i was like i should probably stay so I ended up staying but all that you know gone poof
0: yeah we uh, we've, we've been lucky the group we've gotten some work here and there but like um we're supposed to have obviously tons more and especially now, now that the holidays are coming we had all these shows we're gonna do all this traveling and we still have a couple and in fact we've been doing a couple of virtual ones recently that's a trip it's not that bad but it is kind of weird like like, not to, like, feel myself, but, like, when we play something and and it goes, it's going good, like, we're doing a really good job playing it, and we have this, you know, a sudden, you know if you've seen mariachi music, all of a sudden there'll be this outstanding ending. Ta-ta-ba! And there's no applause.
1: <laughs> it's us. Us going, woo! <laughs> well, how do you think this is going to change performance? But Whenever I've seen it live, it's it needs to be live, you know? Yeah. Like To be it's like you know caribbean music like cuban music i love cuban music i love playing cuban music that's live music too. you need to like see the people there they you're they need to dance to what it is you're playing you know otherwise it feels like you're in a practice room you know so yeah. how, how
0: do you think this is all going to change i mean i think there were already things that were happening see i mean i don't know about you but i i wasn't i wasn't i didn't experience live music for most of my life like we didn't really get to go out to do live, check out live music, except for when the school took us on a field trip or something. Um, so I prefer it live. Um, you know, going back to opera, I love opera. Um, but, and when I was like learning about it, I couldn't get enough opera. I'd go to the Berkeley library and snatch all their tapes, cassette tapes and whatever, it was video tapes and DVDs and whatever. But But now, like, you know, now that I've been in it for a long time, I've bought operas on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever going like, Oh, I should keep this so I can learn this when it's the time to learn this one. But for entertainment, I'm like, it's just not the same watching it on DVD. You know, you gotta be there live for that. And I just, I think I feel like that way for all music. Like I love jazz, I fucking love jazz, but it's not the same as dope as it is. to Listen to it on vinyl or whatever else I have it on here. When I was, in, I was and, like this is one of the things that i was like thank you god that i was lucky enough to do this um i was in new york in february
1: mm.
0: and so i got to see some live music i went to the opera i got to see some some jazz a couple of clubs and then and then i got to perform i performed that same that that weekend i flew back and was able to perform out here in california and that was on pretty much my last hurrah in terms of normal life and in terms of that, because then, you know, everything kind of started shutting down, but that's how I want, that's how I want to experience everything. I, I think anyone who experiences that way will tell you the same thing. So how is it going to change it? I mean, there's, there's, there's still going to be stuff like, I, I thought it was pretty cool pre-Rona, like the little desk concert or whatever on NPR. Mm-hmm. I think there's just going to be more shit like that. Um, and I think it's cool. I, I, I thought that was cool back then. Um, but, I want to see it live. Cool. So, where can people
1: get a hold of you? Where
0: can people uh, follow you? Where do you release music? Um, let's see. Well, I I, I release music uh, usually through DistroKid, so it'll it goes it goes everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, and all these other. There's so many. Apparently, there's so many ways to release music. Man, Deezer, Napster. I, I didn't think Napster was still a thing. Napster is still a thing, apparently. Wow. Yeah. I I mean I I guess they're not stealing music no more, but yeah. <laughs> Napster is is a is a service Google I guess Google Play or something. Oh, okay, I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, my name my name usually I'll either release it. I release the majority of my stuff under my name, Gustavo Hernandez, uh, and my Instagram. I guess that's the one I use the most is Gustavo HG63, I believe. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'll link
1: it, I'll link it in the show notes.
0: All right. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: until so the next time you know until the next one and we're gonna have some new music out but the, the, our next podcast that we do doing here we're for sure gonna have some new music um, yeah man thanks for coming on it's
0: fun man this is always fun i mean i mean it's always fun just to chat with you anyway now we're doing it all, all formally that's cool
1: too that'll do it for this episode of everything but music thank you so much to gustavo for coming on it was a fun conversation and i'm feeling the same way i'm hoping we have live music again very soon be sure to subscribe, to like. We are on Instagram at Everything But Music Podcast. I'm on Twitter at DF Costa. Be sure to send me a message directly on either of those platforms if you want to request a guest, if you want me to talk to somebody. Remember, this podcast is here for you all. So be sure to let me know who you want me to talk to. As always, these interviews are posted in their entirety on our YouTube account. That's Everything But Music Podcast on YouTube. That channel has all of the interviews, all of the episodes completely along with audio and video supplemental materials that we went over with the guests so be sure to watch the full videos there on youtube we are on itunes spotify and soundcloud with these shorties which is what you're listening to right now thanks again so much for listening thank you for sharing thank you for liking thank you so much to our
0: patreon supporters stay safe everyone